So we look at it by different cohorts. We have three different cohorts, but uh, I would say across the board, the average is 25K. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Iran Ben Shushan. He is the CEO and co-founder of Abizabo, an all-in-one event success platform and one of the fastest-growing event tech companies in the world. He's led the company in winning the People's Choice Award at the Event Tech Awards for three years in a row. Before this company, he was an event marketer and served as the CEO of the Rashpina Media, Con- uh, Media Convention. He also was a team leader and systems engineer at Elbit Systems. He graduated cum laude from the Interdisciplinary Center uh, School where he studied business and participated in the prestigious Zell Entrepreneurship program, after considered the Y Combinator of Israel. Arana, are you ready to take us to the top? I am ready. Is, hey, is that program by Sam Zell, the real estate mogul? Yes. Ah, very good. We've studied the heck out of him, man. That guy just seems like a genius. Did you get to spend meaningful time with him? Uh, I wouldn't say meaningful, but spent enough time to leave a mark. Very good. Enough so that you <laughs> can use it to make Bizabo a you know, $100 million company, right? Indeed. All right. Very good. All right. Talk to us about the company. Um, what does the company do and how do you guys make money? Yeah. You know, uh, Bizabo is a company that is trying to take events to the modern era, which means we all go to those events, professional events, whether they are internal, external, big or small events. Uh, there are a lot of inefficiencies at events and it's not only about functionality. It's also about the data aspect and how can you really leverage the data at events to make them uh, measurable, automated, and personalized. This is what Visibo does. We do it by uh, building an end-to-end platform, which is extremely robust. So we take care of everything from your website, registration, email marketing, agenda management, mobile app, analytics, uh, you name it. So we kind of build 15 different startups into one startup, which is a very powerful tool and is today the system of record for organizations to manage their events. We sell it under a SaaS annual subscription model, usually uh, multi-year, and that's how we uh, make money, and that's what, in essence, Visible does. And just because we don't have time to go on every customer cohort, on average, what would you consider an annual contract to come in or out? Like 10 grand, 100 grand, a million? Yeah, so we look at it by different cohorts. We have three different cohorts, but uh, I would say across the board, the average is 25K. 25,000 bucks. Okay, very good. So call it maybe 2,000 bucks a month or something like that. Um, let, me, let me ask you a question. Most other event applications like this I've had on the show, with the exception of maybe like Reggie at Cvent and Dan at Social Tables, there, there's always major churn issues because people will have an event in January, then they will cancel when they don't need your software, then they will re-sign up next January like when they need it again. So my question to you is, how do you, how do you which by the way, I don't actually consider that churn because they're still paying every year. It's just they cancel in between. How do you measure churn and how do you keep your, you know, however you measure it low? We measure churn just like like any other company. Uh, I think what you're referring to really depends on the type of customer you're thinking of. We sell to customers. So think about corporations that run dozens of events at minimum annually. Uh, and in this case, sometimes we, have, we even have customers that run a thousand events a year, right? Those would be 
customers that have three business events or professional events every business day, uh, they think about Visible or their event platform as something that is recurring, constant, a part of their life cycle and, and blood circle in their organization. So we, we think about churn just like any other company that has annual subscriptions. Okay. So when you look at trailing 12 months, what is, before you add back expansion revenue, what does gross churn come in at about? Uh, gross churn. So we went through a process in the past uh, year and a half of really identifying what is the sweet spot for us in terms of the right customers, uh, that visible would be also the right fit for them, right? It's not about what's the right customer for us. It's what, uh, for what kind of organization visible is the right tool and not an overcoat, not an overkill or too much and not, uh, too little. So, uh, we had to, uh, go through a process of deciding and making some difficult decisions about some cohorts of customers that we will need to uh, split ways if they cannot get to certain level of criteria and obviously doing it with the utmost respect and being a super customer centric company. This is something we always believe in. Uh, so in terms of uh, gross churn, that would be around, I would say 80%. Okay. And in the past, uh, you know, six months or so negative net churn. So overall pretty healthy. So just to be clear, 80% of your revenue over the past 12 months churned. No, no, no. Retention. I was about to say that that'd be not a good position. So 20% churned, 80% retained. Now the way to get to net negative is you obviously make up that 20% churn with expansion. So what's total expansion been something above 20%, I assume. Yep. But what is it like talking like 30% or just barely above 20? It's uh, between 20 to 25. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Good. So that puts your, you know, said differently, net, net revenue retention is above 100%, maybe up as high as 105%. Correct. And that's, you know, and, and obviously when you look at it cohortized by different segments between, uh, you know, uh, SMB to mid-market to enterprise, you would see different ratios, obviously, like, typical to assess business. Of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's the nice thing though about net revenue retention is it equalizes ARPU differences, right? It's just... It doesn't matter if someone's paying you a, a buck or a hundred million bucks. When you do, when you, you know, if the dollar churns, it's no big deal. If the hundred million dollar churns, that's a really big deal. <laughs> um, talk, talk to me about how you've structured your kind of use cases around expansion. Tell me the story of someone that started off paying you 20 grand a year and they expanded to 40 or 50 grand. What, why are they expanding? Is it event volume, number of seats, data play? What is it? Yeah, so uh, that's, you know, obviously it needs to start from having the right business model in place and thinking about that uh, in the right time and building it into your model. And then uh, it needs to be highly correlated to the value of the platform. Uh, I would say that we would see typically two use cases. One is we uh, on the same team, they would start little with us and then they will give us the rest of the business on, on the same team of more events or within an organization we would have the classic land and expand uh, type of uh, approach where you would go into an enterprise organization you would start with them uh, with one local team and then then let's say you get 100 events uh, and, and you know one or two teams and then they make the referral which is there's nothing better than that to other teams in the organization and that would be another expansion model yep Interesting. Um, we jumped into the economics pretty quickly here. Let's put all this on a timeline. When did you launch the company? What year? We launched the company. Uh, first product out to the market was summer of 2012. Okay. And, and had, then we, actually, 
started, we had, we had an interesting story, Nathan. We started from trying to solve the problem of people going to events and not knowing who to meet. So, you know, we were, I was an event planner myself, but we were also attending a lot of events. And I'm sure a lot of the people listening to us and maybe yourself as well, when going to these events, sometimes it can be really frustrating. You're there, everything is left for serendipity and luck and uh, nothing is really predictive and there's no science behind it. Although you would think that in 2019 and even back then, 2012, you should be able to have all the tools uh, and all the data out there, whether on social networks or your mobile device or your computer, uh, to uh, run those events in a much better way. Uh, but that, frankly, doesn't exist. And that bothers us a lot. So as entrepreneurs, we said, we're going to fix it. But two years in, our customers actually told us, you know, you build this great mobile networking app. Why aren't you doing also the other elements of events, which are actually more painful and we need even more help there and are even more mission critical to the success of the event, like the website, like registration, analytics, agenda, email marketing, you know, combined with the social aspects and networking aspects. And around two years in, so call it mid-late 2014, we realized we have even a bigger opportunity ahead of us where what's traditionally out there in the, in the market is more of you know, legacy solutions that are focused more on functionality. And we said, we're going to build Visibo to be a strong, holistic, functional platform with an even stronger data infrastructure. Sure. And that's how it's built. So uh, that was the timeline, launched 2012, expanded the, the model and became a SaaS company towards 2015. And around how many, how many customers have you scaled to now today? Yeah, I can't say exact numbers, uh, but uh, in the high hundreds. Yeah, yeah, no, no, by the way, a range is fine. So fair to say between 700 and 1,000, something like that? Around that, yeah. Very, very good. All right, and then um, walk me through what the team looks like today. So, so how many folks? We have 120 people. Originally, we're from Israel, I guess the name and the accent, uh, my, you know, uh, but uh, you probably picked on that. But uh, we started the company in Israel. I myself moved here to New York and joined one of the co-founders. We're three co-founders who started the business. I joined uh, alone. My co-founder who uh, came here first uh, around four years ago. We have around 50 people in the Israeli team. Everything around product engineering and design is based in Tel Aviv. Incredible team, incredible talent. Uh, and, and we're very happy of having this structure in place. And here in New York, we have all, all the go-to-market teams. So marketing, sales, customer success, client services, and operation. Many of you guys listening have built incredible SaaS tools to help other founders, specific industries, really get value or make some system easier. The problem is you can't help your clients until they import some portion of their data. And you've considered on your Trello board and your Sprint timelines, spending weeks building a CSV importer for certain data sets. You're smiling right now because you know I'm right. And either you do it and you waste engineering time or you don't do it and your customers have a horrible time getting onboarded. And listen, let's face the facts. Your ability to give value to your customers sometimes is very dependent on their ability to get you their data. Once you have the data, everything is really smooth. Well, this exact problem probably explains 
explains why Flatfile is growing so quick. They've raised over $44 million and they do exactly this. The data onboarding platform for your marketing teams, your engineering teams, they enable you to get usable data faster so you can focus on what matters most to your business. And the fastest growing companies like my friend ClickUp, Zeb, multi-billion dollar valuation, they all use Flatfile. Now, Flatfile reached out, they wanted to sponsor. I said, you got a good deal for us? And they do. For anyone listening, any anyone that's part of the top entrepreneurs community or GitLatka, you can get a deal now to get started today at nathanlatka.com forward slash flat file. And they make it so easy, by the way. Their onboarding is beautiful. You don't have to commit to a bunch of stuff. You can actually see a demo live instantly right now. Check it out. nathanlatka.com forward slash flat file. How much capital have you raised to build the company? Or have you managed to stay bootstrapped? We no, we uh, raised to date fifty six million dollars. Oh, around brutal, man! I was liking you so much, <laughs> and then I'm going, oh, he's raised a bunch of money. We just uh, closed our Series D round uh, earlier in April, a month ago, uh, twenty seven million dollar round. Yeah. Why? Why was that the right time to raise more capital? Listen, the the event space um, is one that, uh, you know, A, it wasn't always obvious that, uh, um, or, or not, it was initially an uphill battle, I would say, to raise capital, right? Not always maybe the sexiest uh, industry, but uh, over the years, and I think also later on with some of the transactions like Cvent and others, people realized there is a huge market opportunity and one that is very tied and correlated with marketing automation and CRM and events being a black box. So huge addressable market, not a lot of sophisticated tools in the market to solve the problem and pretty complex problem to solve. Uh, Event planners and in general events are complex. There's a high level of anxiety and the set of tools that they need. So, you know, Visible is heavy technology. It has a lot of functionality built into it that we were able to execute well and over the years, and that requires capital. And as for the timing, why now is the right timing? Because Bizabo is, you know, definitely I'm very proud to say after hard work and a lot of passion in the past seven years, is a market leader among modern software for events. And uh, I guess that uh, we and also the investor that participated identified that we're probably the company that has the highest potential to become the next category defining uh, platform and be able to really revolutionize the space and doing that with additional capital and going after bigger customers and more enterprise accounts and having the means and the capital to build the level of innovation that we have in mind is something that uh, resonated with us as the right timing to raise more. And how much time do you think you need to break like the 15 or $20 million ARR mark? Um, I, like I within would, reach? Yeah, it's going to happen soon. Yeah, I mean, do you, I mean, is it is it uncomfortable enough where you don't think it can happen this year or it's a fair stretch goal for this year? Probably it's going to happen next year. Yeah. Um, but very early next year, yeah. Yeah, no, no, that's great. And do you think most of that, like when you have your internal kind of strategy discussions, do you think that will come from expansion revenue or new customer logos altogether? Both. No, I know, obviously both. both, but what do you think is going to be a bigger driver, expansion no, or new? I think uh, this year more is going to come from new and probably next year in 2021, we're going to start seeing actually that shifting because the courts of more enterprise customers coming on board is going to be more prominent towards 
uh, or, or throughout this year and then expanding them in 2020 and 2021. So that's, that might change the books and the balance a little bit in the future. Yep. And then when you look at the past 12 months, are you still able to double year over year or are you getting too big to be able to still do that? That and above. Yeah. Huh? We are able and, and even more. Yeah. Okay. So past 12 months, you are more than hundred percent year over year growth. Yeah. That's great. Um, last question here before I capture kind of more of your story and where you see the space going. Um, you know, 700 customers, right, at a kind of $2,000 per month price point. I, didn't, I like, didn't say the exact number, but let's call it roughly, yeah. Well, sorry, you said high hundreds and I said, fair to say between 700 and 1,000, you said sure. I said around that number, yeah. Okay, get, fair. Okay, good. Well, maybe that answers my question because if it was 700 at, at the ACV you told me before that, which was about 24 a year or two grand a month, that puts you at 1.4 a month, which is 16 a year. It sounds like you're still kind of working towards the, the 15 mark or something like that. So you have less than 700 customers at this point. And also remember that the ACV is the current ACV and historically, you know, that also, that's also a metric that doubled almost year over year over time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I didn't ask, I wasn't asking ACV, I was asking kind of ARPU, average revenue per user per month. So maybe that's a bit, I, I assume, look, by the way, I don't want to like pin you down here, right? But I want to get the general ranges, right? So we're in the right ranges, maybe flux, you know, fluctuate plus or minus 10%. You are. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Let's move, let's move past that. So um, you just raised additional capital. Um, when you go out and raise, how aggressive are you being in terms of how many months of burn you want to raise for? Are you a 12 month kind of guy, 24 month kind of guy? What do you plan for? Uh, 24 and also thinking about how we can, you know, build a sustainable business. I think that's also important at the level of, uh, you know, company that we are at. I think that we're at a stage in maturity of the business, uh, and from an operational standpoint that we're able to, uh, double or have high growth rate and also think about building a healthy business with healthy unit economics that, that can, you know, can put you in a position to, uh, take the business to profitability should you choose to do that. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, when you, when you go out and raise the kind of money that you just raised in your head, you guys kind of have where you plan to spend most of that in terms of whether it's more SDRs or more tech people team, build up product features, things like that. How aggressive are you comfortable driving burn up? So, I mean, will you go to the point, would you be comfortable burning a million bucks a month for a couple months to, you know, get the growth you need? Uh, I would. And uh, that the you know the reason is because when you have uh, a whale oil machine that is working and you get strong sentiment from the market and you strongly believe in the long term and the market opportunity, so I strongly believe that's what you need to do. But you need to do it responsibly by uh, you know measuring yourself, whether leading or lagging indicators, and making sure that you're not going. Uh, for too long without having a sustainable uh, model behind it. Yeah, yeah. So the number you're really talking about here is kind of CAC and CAC relative to payback period, kind of getting that money back. You have healthy expansion, so you can afford to pay more upfront if you know they're going to stick with you for a while. Um, will you yeah. pay more than a year of ACV to bring them on or maybe go up as high as two years? In terms of CAC payback, you mean? Yeah, yeah. So if you're doing 24 grand ACVs, are you comfortable spending 50 grand and you get a new $25,000 a year account? Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and why are you so confident when you say that? Because we know that, uh, those who are buying our product really need it and we feel confident about the LTV. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. That makes fair sense. That's the answer I would have given. Very good. Let's wrap up here uh, with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Uh, I'll have to say the hard thing about hard things. Maybe you get a little off, but I'm, I, I just think it's a phenomenal book. 
Number two. Oh, actually, I meant to ask you this. I can't imagine, you know, Vista's very aggressive. They just raised $14 billion. They're behind c They're trying to deploy capital. I know there was a term sheet. There had to have been a term sheet going, Aaron, don't raise 27 million bucks at whatever valuation, you know, sell to us for a premium, you know, whatever, two, three, four, you know, points higher than that. Um, why did you decide that when you did that raise, it was not the right time to exit? Um, I think, I think we're going after a big play and, um, I'm a strong believer in what we're doing and we want to do it the right way and, and really change the way events operate. Rajiv came on and said they just passed 500 million bucks in AR, aiming at a billion. Are you eroding a bit, a bit of his revenue? Or do you, do you have customers leaving Cbent and joining you guys? There are, yeah. Yeah, you can say that with confidence. That's a fun thing to say. Yeah. All we, right. We, love, we prefer staying focused on us and less about, you know, less talking about the competition and, caring about, you know, our customers, our employees and doing the right thing. Oh, come uh, on, Aaron. If you could, if you had two customers that you could add tomorrow and one was a C-Vent customer day. and one was not a C-Vent customer, you would take the C-Vent customer every day, <laughs> every day. <laughs> Let's just call a spade a spade there. Okay. Number, uh, number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, yeah, I, I like a lot what, uh, you know, Satyana Della did, uh, for Microsoft. I think that, uh, that order of magnitude of change for a culture and, and really picking up a company in such a way is phenomenal. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your company? Uh, I like, uh, you know, the Google uh, collaborative tools, spreadsheets, uh, docs, and uh, phenomenal. Number four, number four, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night? Around six. And what's your situation? Married, single, kiddos? Two kids, married. Ooh, okay, and how old are you? I am 40 soon. I'm 39 turning 40 at the end of the year. Hold on to it, baby. 39 years old. <laughs> Last question. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Um, entrepreneurship is a long journey. And I think two, if I may. One is um, when you go after a specific market, just strategize what is the right market for you. It can save you a lot of time and be relentless going after it. And not just being tempted to all the interest that you sometimes get and can be confusing. And the second one, you know, when making hires, think about them at least four to six years ahead, having the right people in the company. So when you imagine that you have, is that the right person at least four years ahead? Guys, there you have it, uh, Bizobo Aban playing in the event management space, aiming to hit that $15 million run right here, hopefully in early next year in 2019, 2020. Hopefully they can do that. They just raised 27 million extra bucks. Uh, Aron is happy to drive burn up to even a million bucks per month if he has to because he understands his economics are sound and they are 20% revenue churn annually, 25% expansion, so 105% net revenue retention. He's happy to pay up to two years of ACV to get that customer on board. Currently 120 people, again, building the company between Tel Aviv and the States. Iran, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you very much, Nathan. And we call it event success, not event management. We believe that's the future. Thank you I very like much. That.